Hey everybody, this is Chris Mata, host of a podcast, A Mata of Opinion. On this show, we will be celebrating the best time of the year, football season. Welcome, and stay tuned for today's episode, episode number 68. So yes, today we're going to be going over what happened on Sunday, everything from the mishaps all the way into who upset who, and maybe, maybe, do we already have division winners picked out? So, starting with our very first games, we're going to be going into the Sunday morning games right away. So we have the Panthers and the Falcons. The Falcons did run away with this game, 24-10. to So again, we were looking for Bijan Robinson and his debut. So looking at what Bijan Robinson was able to pull off today, Bijan Robinson only had 10 carries, but it was for 56 yards. He did have an amazing catch that, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a meme there, but he practically hit the moonwalk on somebody and was able to waltz on into the end zone. But with Bijan completely being healthy, nothing wrong with him. They did turn to Tyler Algier on the goal line more often than not. He did have 15 carries for 75 yards. So again, even though they did go ahead and do a number one pick on Bijan Robinson, they are still committed to Tyler Algier. Maybe they're looking to put two 1,000-yard rushers out there this season. But again, looking at Ritter, he was 15 of 18 for 115 yards and one touchdown. Uh, the very first play, he did throw a uh, pass that was batted up, and he completed it to himself. That was uh, the second pass that happened like that this week. I'm not exactly sure when the last time we've had two quarterbacks complete their very first pass to themselves. The Falcons did stick with their run game. They looked phenomenal. Ritter was able to complete a couple of short passes, didn't really have to push anything downfield. When we look on the Panthers' sideline, Bryce Young did come out today with 20 of 38, 146 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Now, both of those interceptions did happen off of throwing to the middle of the field. They were intercepted by Jesse Bates, the safety that was picked up from the Bengals. So, again, great pickup by the Falcons. Unfortunate for Bryce Young. But again, he attempted 20 more passes than Desmond Ritter. And again, it's just because the Falcons started to run away with this game, so they were forced to start airing it out. But due to this, you did get the surprise of Hayden Hurst, the new tight end. He came in, made an immediate impact. He was the leading reception leader with only five passes, but he did get 41 yards and a touchdown. Very first passing touchdown of Bryce Young's career was launched into the crowd by Hayden Hurst. And I'm I'm sure that wasn't done on purpose. Somebody had to go and hunt that down. And I'm sure we're going to hear that a little bit more in the news about who actually found it and what they're going to offer them. Because again, that's Bryce Young's very first touchdown pass. Even though they force-fed Miles Sanders with 18 carries, Chuba Hubbard was the running back that popped on tape, and he only had nine carries. So all in all, we found out that the Falcons will have a serious run game, and the Panthers don't need to worry about Bryce Young. They just need to find their number one receiver. And again, the run game will come as soon as they get their wide receiver one figured out, because as soon as the passing game starts opening things downfield and people aren't respecting you in the box, Boom. That's when you can let things go. And like I said, between Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard, they're going to be absolutely fine. Moving into our next matchup, we do have the Bengals and the Browns. Now, this is where I said it was supposed to be a three-point spread. I had no idea the Bengals were only going to score three points. Project that or assume that's going to happen a lot when there's rain on the field. And in fact, the rain did ruin a couple of games this week. Both teams have to play in this terrible weather So we should be seeing similar results, but that wasn't the case. Much like last season, the Bengals showed up dead on arrivals. The Bengals did file a missing persons report for a white male, approximately 6 foot 4, 215 pounds, goes by the name Joseph Lee Burrow. He was last seen boarding the team plane at CVG Airport. 
So if you see this man, please notify the Bengals. They are worried for his health and safety. But on a more serious note, Joe Burrow finished 14 of 31 for 82 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, did have two sacks. Joe Mixon was held to 56 yards on 13 carries. Jamar Chase was held to 39 yards and five receptions. So overall, the offense was held to only 142 yards on offense. That was only six first downs for the entire game. So just awful. Just an awful night for the Bengals. The weather obviously had an impact, but the Browns' defense did look amazing. So hopping over to the Cleveland Browns, we had Deshaun Watson, who's definitely on the path to becoming his old self. He was breaking out the guitar celebrations. He was completing passes downfield. He was able to scramble a little bit. So again, very exciting to have him back. He was 16 of 29 for one touchdown and one interception. Again, not an amazing stat line, but that's pretty good for throwing in a torrential downpour. Uh, Nick Chubb, he did have 106 yards and 18 carries. Sadly, there was no touchdowns, but trust me, that won't last long. He's definitely going to be leading them down the field the majority of the time. The passing game, again, hindered by the weather, but we still had some good plays, especially with the new addition of Elijah Moore. He did come out, and I believe he had like a 15-yard catch and run, and then Amari Cooper and David Njoku, they definitely added to that, but the highlight of the day definitely came from the defense. They were looking absolutely amazing. They had two sacks, four tackles for a loss, four pass deflection, and 10 quarterback hits. So, be put on notice. The Cleveland Browns are here to make some noise in that division. There is no more just going to be wondering, is it going to be the Ravens, is it going to be the Bengals? Now they added their name into the mix-up. I'm not exactly sure about the Steelers. We're going to get into what happened to them later. But moving into our next uh, matchup, we did have the Jaguars and the Colts. So the score ended up being 31-21 Jaguars, and that's not to be surprised. I know the Colts hung around a lot more than I thought they would. I really thought that the Jaguars would start feasting immediately, but the score is a little misleading. They did score 21 points, but only 14 of that came from their offense. The other seven points came from a complete mishaps by the refs. So Trevor Lawrence gets hit as he's throwing. They're not sure if it was a fumble or an incomplete pass. One of the Jaguars players picks it up and holds on to it. Still nothing. Colts player comes over, punches the ball out. They recover it and then take it the other way for a touchdown. They let that whole play stand. It was just a huge debacle. And again, if you're on the field, like you play until the whistle stops. I know that is the oldest saying in the game, but it, it really just looked awful. Everybody was standing around wondering, is the play done? Are we done? Is everybody good? So whatever. Anyway, so it gave the Colts seven points, seven free points, um, and they still had nothing. Still lost the game, even with a gift of seven points. Looking at Trevor Lawrence, he was 24 of 32 for 241 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Travis Etienne had 18 carries for 77 yards and one touchdown. Calvin Ridley, now he bet on himself. <laughs> uh, maybe a poor choice of words there, but he had eight receptions, 101 yards, and one touchdown. Moving over into Anthony Richardson, the rookie making his debut. He was 24 of 37 for 223 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The rushing leader was unfortunately Anthony Richardson with 10 carries, 40 yards, and one touchdown. Michael Pittman was the leading receiver for the Colts, and that was with eight receptions, 97 yards, and one touchdown. But what we're pulling away from this game is they really didn't want Anthony Richardson throwing downfield. I know he completed 64% of his passes, which is 
great. It's exactly what you want him to do, but a lot of them were within five yards of the line of scrimmage, if not behind the line of scrimmage. So when it came down to having to force the ball downfield, because now you're behind on the scoreboard, just like I said would happen, they're going to have to start airing it out. And a lot of his passes, they just were not on target, or in fact, he threw them to the other team. So again, when it comes down to the passing game, they're really going to be trying to keep it, playing it small ball, trying to get you sideline to sideline, and not really doing a vertical downfield threat. But again, that was a great debut for Anthony Richardson. I hope he just continues to get better from here. But the Jaguars came in, took care of business, and moved on. Now we're going into what I consider to be the upset of the week. It is the Bucks and the Vikings. The Buccaneers won this game 20-17. to I know watching the first half of this game, it was ugly. Mayfield wasn't really completing any of his passes. The run game was getting stuffed on the line. And you really wanted to see the Buccaneers establish the run game because it had been dead there for so long now. But again, not even a new head coach or anything else could solve that issue. And it didn't really improve in the second half. But what did improve in the second half was Baker Mayfield. And again, Baker Mayfield is back. He's got his swagger, and he looks completely different. You could tell the shoulder was no longer bothering him. He was able to move, and he made a little, uh, and I hate hate comparing him to other quarterbacks, but it was just a small little Mahomes kind of pitch when everybody was pressuring into the pocket. He was scooting around in the backfield just trying to find a way out. Does a little underhand pitch, gets the ball out to his running back who goes for at least a 20-yard gain. It was absolutely amazing to watch. And I know there were a couple of passes that could have been a lot better. Trust me, could have been a lot better. But remember, this is the first year that this receiving core has been together. They haven't really played a lot together during the preseason. This will come together over time, and they're going to be looking good in the passing game. But the main concern, again, definitely going to be the running game. We're going to have to wait for it. But a big shout-out to the game-winning kick by McLaughlin for 57 yards. Absolutely. Way to get, way to close it out. Way to close the game out. Even though the defense did apply a lot of pressure to Kirk Cousins, we do have to talk about the Vikings because they had a lot of struggles early on. One is going to be the center and quarterback exchange. They fumbled off of that twice, and I still can't believe that's one of the issues there. It's You don't even have to be in the game to practice that at all. That's something you could practice on the sideline while they're doing special teams or something. You don't even have to be in full gear. You don't have to have anything special. It's just literally getting to know the guy. The Vikings offensive line just couldn't keep him protected anyways, so he was constantly on the move, constantly on the run. They did play action a couple of passes, and that did buy him some time. The blunders didn't stop there. There was K.J. Osborne, who literally had the ball ripped out of his hands on the goal line. I don't even think that's supposed to be allowed. Then you have Addison, who's looking fantastic. He's looking phenomenal. He's looking explosive. He came in. He's meshing well inside this offense. I think he understands his role. He doesn't have to be that guy. It's just when we're looking for that third down conversion or when they're keying in on Jefferson, go ahead and pop open. Kirk Cousins will put it on you. Moving into the backfield, Mattinson is going to be absolutely a great replacement for Cook. We've known this. Then I forgot about Ham, who's behind him. And then I think they have Chandler, who's behind him. So they've had no trouble actually drafting running backs and being prepared to go without Dalvin Cook. Big upset for the Buccaneers. Big win for Baker Mayfield. Again, this is maybe a kick in the butt that the Vikings would need just so the Vikings won't underestimate anybody. So again, let's get the uh, goose, get the hiccups, let's get everything out early and then continue to move on because they're going to have to play the Eagles next week. And I'm not exactly sure things are going to get better. 
Our next matchup was the Battle of the Mid. We have Titans and the Saints. The Saints did pull off the win 15-6. to Michael Thomas is back. Rashid Shahid was the only one that scored a touchdown that game. It was really a battle of the kickers, so that's pretty much it. The Titans showed you they have four plays in their playbook. Henry running left, Henry running up the middle, and Henry running right. There is a fourth one in there, and it's called Tannehill. Please throw it to somebody on our team and not the defense. (laughs) You're going to watch that game, and if you see any of the highlights, that's exactly what it was. Tannehill throwing the ball to the other team while Derrick Henry saying, just stop doing that. I got this. I'll I'll take us the rest of the way there. (laughs) So, again, a lot of field goals being kicked that game, and the biggest news ever was Michael Thomas didn't get injured during this actual debut, but look out for Rashid Shahid. He's looking to make some noise this season. But moving on to our next game, which I called the game of the week. I really thought the Steelers would come out, and uh, I just thought the Steelers would show up. But no, the 49ers came and walked them down. It was 30-7. to The Steelers definitely need to contact their equipment manager because they could get absolutely no footing during the first half of the game. Receivers were falling down every single play. It led to unfortunate... (laughs) It led to some unfortunate interceptions. It allowed for some easy receptions for the 49ers because defenders were also falling down. But again, other than that, it didn't matter. Christian McCaffrey was on fire. Brandon Ayuk could not be covered by anybody on that Steelers secondary. And Brock Purdy? No need to worry about the arm. The arm is doing fine. He was hitting everybody. We saw him hitting wide open receivers. Brock Purdy, his arm looks great. He's looking like his old self. I don't think there's much to worry about there. We're just going to be able to finally see him in his full season, how he handles the ups and the downs. But again, there's going to be very few of those. The defense looked intimidating. Again, they held the Steelers to just seven points. 49ers are looking to put themselves back in the race for another championship win. And moving into our next shocking game, which was shockingly, shockingly, shockingly competitive we'll call that it was shockingly competitive we had the cardinals and the commanders commanders pulled out the win last minute it was 16 to 20 but the cardinals who are supposedly supposed to be tanking this season gave them a run for their money josh dobbs the quarterback that came in he played one hell of a game i know it was shoddy i know it was ugly but to be coming in without even playing with this team much at all can't even name the wide receivers on there He was completing some passes. He was getting things done. The defense for the Cardinals, though, they were in the face of the Commanders all day. And we're talking Sam Howell, who was able to close out the Cowboys last season. Seemed like he was struggling for his life today. I know he can scramble. I know he can throw. And in fact, he had some phenomenal throws downfield. The teammates that he has, he has Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson. And they seem to stall out they couldn't get anywhere on the field today and that is mind-blowing so for the Cardinals they might be surprisingly competitive today it could just be a terrible commanders team that actually decided to play today that was not supposed to be competitive at all and it was 16 to 20 our last game of the morning slot was going to be the Texans and the Ravens and Lamar Jackson how many times has your mom told you not to play with your food This was not supposed to be that entertaining for this long. It was supposed to be a game where the Texans show up, get dominated, Ravens hop back on the plane and get ready to play next week. But we have Lamar Jackson fumbling around, 
and throwing a couple interceptions, but that's fine. Still looking like his old self. He was still able to scramble and rush downfield, no problem. We do have Duvernay, who is back off of injury, looking like his old self, being the amazing kick return man that he is. A big uh, RIP to J.K. Dobbins. Now, J.K. Dobbins is one of those running backs that just every single year, it seems the injury bug does not want to let him go. He's been trying to come back off an ACL this year. It was the Achilles tear. And at this point in time, I think it's I think it's a career ender. It really is. Uh, his body just does not want to stay healthy anymore, and that's just the wear and tear. That's the unfortunate truth about the NFL, that sometimes the great players that you think will be able to stick around for a while, just the body's the body's gone. The body is gone. And if he decides to go rehab again and come back, I'll still be rooting for him. It's just how many times can you do that before you're mentally and physically exhausted and you can't do it anymore and you just got to realize it's time to move on. I know that's what Andrew Luck did, and he was dealing with a lot of mental exhaustion. And I can only imagine how that feels to be J.K. Dobbins. That uh, big, we're going to miss him. That's the thing. We're going to miss them. Uh, they're on the brighter side. They're rookies, A Flowers. He was looking absolutely explosive, jumping in and out of cuts, completely electrifying. This is the kind of player that Lamar Jackson needed as soon as he came here. Find him somebody that is going to create that spark. And now we got to talk about Odell Beckham, who decided to just disappear during this game. And I know it's the first game of the season, but you expect him to go big against the Texans. You don't have really anybody to cover him. It's going to be a long season, but we'll see who's going to be covering him. Yeah, I'll be uh, talking about the afternoon slot games here in a bit. But when we're talking about the biggest win that I think came from week one, it was definitely going to be Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. I know a lot of people doubted him. He's been on his third team in the past two years now. But this was a debut that he needed. This is maybe one of the underrated teams that could upset some people late in the season. I know I keep saying that, but I believe it. The defense is there, and defense win championships. I I really do believe that. I know when you're looking at the Chiefs and their ride, it's just what beats a good defense is better offense. That's That's fine. That's one way to go, and I know that's the way the league is going. Like, let's put up 42 points a game, and let's make that as competitive as possible, but I still believe at the heart of it all, you have to have a defense that will come up big for you and make some stops. Put me down for the Buccaneers coming out as division winners. That may be crazy to say, but that's just a matter of opinion. So thank you for tuning into this episode, and I hope to see you next time.